live from Tully's. Two seconds to go. McNamara. It's gone! This is... Jerry Mack drops one on G-Town! Wait a minute. The Jerry McNamara Show. We're here at Tully's for the season debut of the Jerry McNamara Show. That means basketball season is getting very close. An exhibition game on Thursday night. Season opening two weeks from tonight in the Carrier Dome. Seth Goldberg here with the coach, Jerry McNamara. Welcome back. Good to, good to have you back and get closer to the season. It's good to be back. I plan on win, winning the Mega Millions tonight. Um, Would you be back next week if you win the Mega Millions this course, week? Of course. Okay. Of course. I just own the place. And I would, okay. I would have a lifetime supply of t- Tully's tenders because they're my favorite. And, and right on cue as the show is starting, my plate gets in front of me. So I get to be tortured until the first break staring at them. I don't well, think you want me chopping while I'm talking. No, we'll try and get through the first uh, the first segment, and then you could uh, start chowing down on, on the Tully's tenders there. Uh, so much going on. It feels like high expectations with this team coming off uh, the Sweet 16 appearance. You're bringing back all five starters. And, and I guess let's start right there. I mean, you're bringing back all five starters from this team. Uh, ha- how do you feel with this group coming back? Where do you feel like they are at this point of the year? Good. Um, you know, obviously it's so unusual to be in that situation where you're going to bring back everybody um, you know but all these guys contributed I think that's what, what the exciting thing was is is toward the you know it was obvious that Tyus O'Shea and Frank last year carried such an offensive load for us but you know when we started to become the team that made the Sweet 16 run it was guys like Marek and guys like Pascal that were really you know kind of stepping in and, and you know kind of giving us that extra boost you know carrying a little bit more of the load so um, you know, anytime you get five guys back that were all starters, it's unusual. But when you get five contributors back, I think Pascal has just improved leaps and bounds. He's, you know, significantly improved, you know, from the, the way he catches it to keeps his head up when he catches it to how he's finishing around the basket to his timing defensively. I watched a clip, I uh, watched yesterday's practice this morning um, in my office on film and I watched him cover a screen from the guard where the guard got picked off. We call it an outside screen, and, and Pascal covered 12 feet of space and contested a shot from 18 feet out, uh, you know, three feet past the free throw line from the center position. I mean, uh, his timing, his instincts are, are, are significantly better. Um, you know, Barama, we saw when he was, you know, a little bit healthy, you know, just dealing with the pain of his knee where he had the 10-day stretch and goes for 18 points and 16 rebounds at at Pittsburgh when he's just a little bit healthy how how good he can be and you know it was you know the, the first few weeks of school was a little bit concerning because he was still not 100% he was still moving with a little bit of discomfort and and the last week and a half of, of practice if it's any indication of where he's headed it's in a very good direction uh, he's back to moving and flying around and making plays so uh, he's back to healthy and then you add the pieces we've added so um, it's it, there should be optimism, you know. Obviously, um, you know, making a Sweet 16 run is great. I'm still upset that we didn't get to the Elite Eight. Uh, that's just me being honest. We were, you know, three missed layups away from beating Duke. I mean, uh, a team that had a ton of talent. So you know, we feel like we can compete with anybody. Our defense is as good as anybody's when we're locked in and, and moving and uh, covering our position correctly and. Uh, being active and, and being aggressive in trapping situations. When we're doing those things, we can beat any team any night. 
but now you have the experience of doing it. You know, we, we have the experience of going to a Sweet 16. You have all those guys back. They understand what it takes. Uh, you get a couple young guys in there and, and follow the leadership of the guys that have been there. So it's it's a, it's an exciting time for us. You know, I, you and I joked off air about, uh, you know, <laughs> are we sick of each other? Yeah, we won't, you know, we're excited for Thursday night. We we want to get out there and play somebody else. You know, these guys are sick and tired of going up against each other. They want to share it with their teammates now and get out there and play. You know, you mentioned Pascal and Barama and, and a couple guys who were banged up, and we'll certainly get to that. But I, I want to circle back to Tyus Battle, and you mentioned him. and he, He's so clearly last year shouldered a load offensively, um, and then he ends up going through the draft process and coming back. I'll start here. Uh, what was your reaction when you find out he's coming back? Were you surprised by it? Was it something you were expecting? Um... Yeah, I, I think I was surprised that because I do think he's an NBA player. Um, you know, I think the unfortunate thing is I think they looked at some of his numbers, his field goal percentage, but, um, you know, his assist numbers. And, and all right, let me let me answer your initial question. <laughs> My reaction was, yes, <laughs> let's go. That was what I was really thinking. Um but I think, I, you know, I was surprised a little bit because more often than not, you see these guys go. Um, and I think first round to second round is it's not the same as it used to be. If you were going to be a second round pick, you don't go. Now these guys are getting guaranteed contracts. Um, so I think there's a little bit difference now. But I was a little bit surprised because I do think he can make it. Um, but I also I know Tyus so well, and he loves this place. He does. He loves this place. And I think that taste of success in the NCAA tournament, I think, motivated him to be like, all right, I think there's something else that hopefully I can do there. Um, I think that's intriguing to him. Uh, but I also think it was a great thing for us that he went through the process. I think it's a great thing that he went through that, and he feels like there's a little bit of a chip, like, what, I'm not, you don't think I'm good enough? Okay. And then he went out and spent all summer on the West Coast and trained. Um, worked on his jump shot, tried to improve the timing of his release point, which we worked on a little bit here, and then he had the whole summer to work on it this summer. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it's really exciting for us, a guy that averaged 20 points a game, I think really the first guy since Hakeem Warwick to do that. Um, you know, so to have that main offensive focal, pe- focal point of your offense back is, is you know, it's great. You know, it's, it, it's such a luxury for us. Does his role change at all, given the other pieces that are added to this team and the, and the growth out of some other players? Or, hey, he was option number one last year, he'll, he'll be that guy, or expected to be that guy again this year? Yeah, he's expected to be that guy, but I don't think he has to shoulder it as often as he did last year. You know, the one guy I failed to mention in the first you know rant I went on was Elijah Hughes. Um, Elijah Hughes is a big, strong, physical guard forward, um, a guy that can make plays, make shots, score on all three levels. Um, O'Shea is a much-improved shooter, a much-improved ball handler and decision-maker. So I don't I don't think Jalen Carey, buddy, I, we have pieces now. Um, we have depth and we have health, uh, things that we didn't have the luxury of having last year. So I don't think he needs to shoulder as much of the pressure this year as he did last year. Uh, but that's not to say that he's not going to go out and be the same aggressive player that uh, he was last year. We want him to be that guy. Uh, he's, he's continued to prove in practice early on that he is that guy. Uh, he has the world of ability, um, and he's, he's in a great mindset right now, a great mind frame of what he is, what he's going to become, what he wants this season to be. So he's in a really good state. 
uh, and, and you know we're really excited. We think he could have one of those. You know, obviously he had a big freshman sophomore year. We think he got, he could have one of those All American type years. You mentioned uh, Elijah Hughes, Jalen Carey, Buddy Bayheim, and and I want to run through those three guys because we obviously haven't seen them quite yet. We'll get a look at them on Thursday night, or or maybe some of them on on Thursday night. Uh, but if you don't mind a scouting report, what what can we expect out of Elijah Hughes? You mentioned a big guard forward type. Everything. Um, you know he he plays he plays the game the right way he plays unselfishly he plays it aggressive he's an attacker um, but he does it selflessly um, you know he'd be the first guy to get in the paint and dunk on you but he'd also be the first guy to get in the paint stop and drop it off to the big for a dunk and both situations would make him equally happy um, and I love that about him uh, I love I've always loved in this in and in, in, in our particular system when you could have a guy at the three that can rebound like a four. But like what we the, saw with O'Shea last year. Correct, but play the position. Or I, I, I'm thinking more along the lines of a guy like Malachi Richardson. Okay. But I think the difference is right now Elijah's probably a better playmaker than Malachi was. Malachi was probably a more natural shooter, um, but Elijah shoots it really well. So um, Elijah Hughes is a big physical guy that can play multiple positions, and really you could stick him in one through three, and you don't skip a beat. Um, Buddy is a ratchet. It's it's a flamethrower. You know, it's pure. Um, the, the, you know, I, I I liken his jump shot, the the form of it, to Clay Thompson. The high release point, the pure. There's 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 no fault in it. Um, it, it it's a it's a pure jump shot. And the thing that's intriguing to me, and and I'm really really happy about, is he's gotten better and faster off the dribble. Uh, he's starting to read the pick and roll game almost perfectly. Uh, in practice he did a really good job of it today um so i'm really really happy about that um jalen carey is you know i've said this before we don't i don't i think you know about this i think our fans know this about how we recruit we don't pay attention to what other people rank the players that we recruit we don't um jalen carey in our mind was the best guard coming out last year Uh, that's how we valued him um, so we're really, really excited about Jalen. I was, I was really impressed early about how he handled pick and roll game. I knew he was an attacking scorer. I didn't realize how good of a facilitator he was and how he's in control. I, that, that's, that's I'm really, really excited about. He can control a team. Uh, he is a quarterback. I like that about him. He's he's always talking. Um, I love the guys that are natural. The natural leader. They, they, their, their comfort zone is the court. That's where they want to be. Um, and and, and Jalen Carey is natural. He's he's got the feel for the game. He's got the toughness piece. He's got the ability. Um, he's he's a special player. That's 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 as bluntly as I can put it. The kid is special. Given that you've got Frank and Tyus and so much experience ahead of him, what kind of a role do you see for Jalen this season? I think he's as good as as anybody out there. And and by that I say. You know, what role did, did you know, uh, Josh Pace or Billy Edelman play on the national championship team? You know, just because they didn't start doesn't mean they weren't considered a, a starter, you know, or, or as good as a starter. So, you know, I think it's really about who's clicking. Is, is You know, I, I think back to that team all the time because I remember whenever I was taken out, it wasn't like, oh, I'm getting taken out. It was like, all right. You know, Billy's coming in or Josh is coming in or Quetz out there. You know, it was like, you know, we had so many good players. It was like, yeah, I get it. 
there's a really another really good player that's going to take this stretch of minutes. And if he plays really well, I have no problem being like, all right, let's go. He's playing really well. Let's see if we can extend this lead or get a lead or battle back, whatever situation we were in. So, you know, I anticipate him playing a big role. Uh, Buddy, too. You know, I anticipate these guys when they come in. If you play well, <laughs> I don't know if you know Jim Beheim. You know, if you play well, you're going to play and you're going to stay on the court. So, um, you know, I think these guys, you know, they, they've done a great job. They haven't missed a beat as far as early on, even though they're freshmen. They've come in and competed. Um, and, and I anticipate them getting minutes, and what they do with their opportunity is up to them. And, and what they do is going to dictate how much more they play. So, um, you know, if, if practice is any indication of, of what they're capable of, it's, it's a lot of minutes. And I would imagine that after last year and playing nearly 40 minutes a game, even though Frank and Tyus, I'm sure, want to be out there the whole time, they would be a little receptive to, to getting a breather here and there? Here and there. You know, I think it's hard. It's going to be hard going 40 a game and then, you know, here in the horn and you look over there, you know. But, you know, again, if it's the situation where you feel like, all right, you know, now the, the, the 30 I play is to the wall. I don't have that two-minute stretch or three-minute stretch each half where I'm docked. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fresh because I got the, the two-and-a-half, three-minute stretch here plus a TV timeout, which was 12 minutes real time. Um, you know, that, that's the difference, you know, is with TV timeouts, timeouts, um, whistles, free throws, all that thing is real time is the difference. You know, think about if you run a sprint and all of a sudden you get a, a 45-second break. <laughs> is, well, all right, now I can run another sprint, you know. So, um, you know, getting a chance to get those guys out and have some real-time rest um, you know, it's a luxury because those guys now with the experience they have, you know, from the defensive side of the ball for what we're trying to do offensively, these guys understand it, you know. So um, the, the, the more crisp they are on every possession, you know, they're going to be that much more efficient. You know, given uh, that Buddy, I'm, I'm sure, grew up around this program and, and you being so involved in the program for so long, did you know that he was a, a Division One player, a player who could play here? You know, when, when you saw him going back to when he was in maybe, like, you know, middle school like and, and even younger, did you know that he was this kind of a player? By the time he was a sophomore, it was evident that he was a Division One player. By the time he was a junior, it was evident that he was a high Division One player. By the time he was going into his senior year, it was evident that he was like, all right, <laughs> like this this cat, you know, he's, you know, I, I've been around a lot of guys, and, and I'm, you know, I'm fortunate I've watched Buddy grow up, literally, you know, right before my eyes, but he's worked as hard as anybody I've watched. I remember watching Andy Routens um, when, when I was at Syracuse before Andy got there, and he was over on a, a side basket, and I remember him coming up to me and saying, you know, what do you do? How do you, you know, as far as how, how, you, how do you train? He, you know, he was just, Andy was one of those guys that kind of thirsted for knowledge. You know, where's my edge? Where, where can I get better? Uh, Buddy's one of those guys. He's, he's always been self-motivated. And I think the picture of, of Syracuse for him pushed him harder than you know anything i think he he wanted that like there was a goal like dude i want to be good enough to be play for my father and he is <laughs> he is but it didn't happen by accident buddy Beheim got better and better and better and better because 
he worked as hard as anybody I've ever seen. Guess similar to a guy like Andy Routens. Andy Routens, but he was much higher rated than Andy. Andy was like someone told me in the seven hundreds <laughs> coming out of high school, you know. But you know, think about what he did and his development, and it wasn't didn't happen by accident with Andy. You know, so it was obvious early in in Buddy's career. Uh, high school career that he was a division one player and then as he progressed it was obvious like dude we he ain't getting out of the papa bear's coaching him you know he, he's not leaving syracuse for sure yeah and if, some, and if he wasn't then somebody else was going to scoop him right up no so question it made sense yeah. to, to keep him home uh we're talking with jerry mcnamara we're here until eight o'clock at tully's if you want to join us 315-437-7644 is the telephone number on twitter at seth goldberg 17 or at espn syracuse to get some questions in uh we'll let Jerry, uh, dive into some Tully's tenders. Yes, we'll be back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Tully's, this is the Jerry McNamara Show. Back here on ESPN Radio and at Tully's on Erie Boulevard for our first Jerry McNamara Show of the basketball season. We're going until 8 o'clock. If you want to join us, 315-437-7644 on Twitter, at Seth Goldberg 17 at ESPN Syracuse to get some questions in for Coach McNamara. And uh, we got to get to, uh, I, I guess, the uh, the downside of the beginning of the season in training camp. And uh, there are a couple of injuries, and, and curious where guys stand as we head into the exhibition games coming up later this week. Uh, let's start off with Frank Howard. Uh, he, he has a lower body injury. Uh, curious what his status is. Initially said uh, that he, or, or thought that he would be back for the, the regular season. Is, is he still on track? That's the timetable. Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking, I believe, what is it, two weeks from today, I think. Or yeah. Tomorrow, two weeks from today or tomorrow for the first game. Um, that's that's what we're aiming for. You know, we're aiming for that, that time frame. I think the big thing is, is um, to make sure that we bring them back healthy. You know, I think the most important thing, obviously, is these guys, you want to sustain it. Uh, you know, Frank's obviously very important to us, very important to our success, um, we feel. So, um, you know, the big thing is when he comes back uh, and we start to get on the court is listen to your body. Listen to your body. Let's ease you back in. We've had a, we've had a while of practice without you. You know, we'll be okay. We'll give you time to make sure you come back and, and be right. But right now we're on that two-week timetable uh, looking to get him back for the first game of the year. Is there a benefit with Frank that not only is he experienced, but the other four starters played with him for 30-some-odd games last year? Yeah, it'd be a different scenario if, if uh, you know, Jalen you know, were in the situation where he was coming in and starting at the point guard, and now you're playing with four new guys that don't know you. Um, obviously, the, the, the amount of game minutes that these guys have played together is... is uh, astronomical so uh, it's it's definitely a luxury for Frank you know he's he's put in a lot of hard work again he's a guy that's gotten a lot better over his few years and uh, without him and, and the minutes and he and Tyus Log from the guard spot last year it would have been hard for us you know coach said it himself imagine if Frank Howard this happened to him last season you know we wouldn't have been in a very good situation at the end of the season he said certainly not of sweet 16 so um no, it's important for for us to get him healthy because, like you said, it's you know it's really important. He's 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 a big piece to what we do and uh, the trust level that these guys have together. Frank's been on the court with these guys a long time. And you mentioned Jalen Carey there, the freshman. Uh, we saw him uh, get tweaked during the uh, orange and white scrimmage uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, how is he progressing? And, and is there a time frame on him? Yeah, we're easing him back in too. You know, literally right before we right before I walked in 
to, to order my tenders here. I just got off the court with him. So um, getting back on the court, uh, you know, same thing. You know, just feel it out. Listen to your body. Um, you know, I, 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 I did my ankle a lot. Um, so when I would sprain it, it wouldn't be as bad because, you know, those ligaments were already stretched. And, you know, a guy that hasn't really done it, Jalen hasn't done it. You know, usually when you roll over on it aggressively like that, you know, all that, all those ligaments tear up and uh, it swells up and it discolors. And, uh, you know, the time frame extends a little bit because, you know, there, there, there's things in there that haven't been popped like that. And uh, Jalen's in that situation. He, he hasn't been hurt. You know, he hasn't been in there. And uh, he rolled over pretty pretty hard on Pascal's foot when he came down with the rebound. So, uh, again, it's just about the time frame of, of making sure we understand how important these guys are because they're so talented. Uh, and we know they're going to work as hard as they can to get back on the court healthy, but that's the most important thing, to come back when they're ready. And then one more at the guard spot, uh, Howard Washington. He, he goes out midseason last year, gets hurt. Um, where is he in his rehab? Is, is this year a, a realistic possibility that he's back on the floor this year? We're working toward it. You know, I, I think the big thing is, again, you know, ACL is, is tough because, you know, not everybody's Adrian Peterson who comes back in like a month and a half, you know. He walks out of the post-op surgery room and, and takes a handoff and runs through two guys. Now, you know, how he's still, what, eight months, I think. I think that's right around where he is, right? Maybe just approaching about. nine, you know. So uh, he's he's on schedule, you know. But, again, you know, typically these things take up to a year sometimes. And uh, I'm really happy – uh, just from the last month of what I see, just based on my workouts, um, you know, it was the right knee. So pushing off laterally from the right side was was always the issue, you know. And and now it's a lot different, you know. You, you can see the confidence and the strength in that knee now, and it's completely different than what I watched from two weeks ago. So, um, you know, again, it's about how he progresses, how he feels, how we feel that he looks in practice, um, and and. You know, I guess we'll decide from from that point on. You mentioned earlier in the show Barama and Pascal, and we know that Barama was fighting through uh, some issues all season long. How has he looked in this training camp? It, he he looked healthy. He feel healthy as as you move to, towards the season. The first the first week of practice, I didn't think so. Um, but again, you know, he 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 wasn't in game shape. Um, he was in rehabilitation shape. Um, so. I think that, the, you know, the, the tough thing is you go through a surgery, and obviously when you come back from a surgery, your, your hope is, I'm fine. Everything's over. But the reality of it is there's discomfort. You have to work through the discomfort to get back the strength. And I think that's kind of the situation he was dealing with, was going through the discomfort to get back in shape, to strengthen the leg to where it should be fully healthy. And based on the last, like we talked about just a little while ago, I'm looking at a guy that's starting to move like the guy that I watched in, in high school, the guy that I watched when he was on 10 days of rest at Pittsburgh. That's the guy I'm watching, the guy that's fast and explosive, um, who covers a lot of ground, who contests everything around the rim. Uh, that's the guy I'm watching right now. So uh, we don't see the wincing or any of that. I haven't, you know, even in the orange-white game, it was, you know, he, he's better from a week ago. So... Um, he, he's really progressing along nicely. Certainly in the last two weeks, I've seen a significant difference um, in how he looks in practice. What do you think was the biggest thing that was affected in his game last year? Was it the, the defense, the rebounding, or, or something else? Everything. Um, everything. I think he would have impacted the game 
in, in every facet. Um, you know, you, I, it blows my mind that he had 18 points and 16 rebounds. He hadn't played in 10 days and, and goes out and gets 18 and 16 in a tough road game where you, you, know, you squeak by. Um, I think laterally is probably the biggest one, um, which I think he, he still needs to improve on because he is so fast north and south. Uh, if he can cover the same sort of speed east and west, it makes him that much more lethal in my mind defensively. Um, you know, but he's a really good offensive player. Um, you know, a guy that can catch and sweep, a guy that can use both hands around the basket, a guy that's a great pick and roll guy. I I, I think if you watch him this year, he he understands angles in the pick and roll. You'll see him as he runs up for and, and for me for as a guard when I was when I had worked with big guys like that oh what a luxury as he's running in he understands what I'm looking at like all right this is how he's defending the he's overplaying him all right let me snake this ball screen and set it on the opposite side so before I've even given up my dribble my big guy already knows where my advantage is as I'm looking at the same thing a lot of big guys don't do that uh, Barama has a great feel. Uh, for adjusting the angle of the pick and roll game, and not a lot of people, I think the people that just watch basketball, okay, oh, they ran a pick and roll. Watch how he sets the angles on his screen. Sometimes they might run somebody over as fast as he can, but it's because he sprints into every pick and roll. And then as he gets up to it, he's evaluating where the best angle is. So he's he's so good in that area. Um, but yeah, really everything. I, I think his ability to move kind of is his entire game, really. Uh, except for around the rim because he is good with his right and his left. But everything else is built on speed. Uh, he made a move today where where uh, he was overplayed, and he caught it, and he ripped hard left, and he got in the paint, stopped on a dime, and kicked it to the corner for a three. So he could do some things, and, and you know, getting him fully healthy is exciting for us because Pascal's really good. And now you have really two really good options at that position. How do you balance having those two and, and having them presumably healthy? You mentioned both really good options. Well, we were twenty twenty last year. I mean, that, that, that was ideally, that was our goal. I mean, we thought going in that these guys are 20 minutes and 20 minutes. You know, and then based on game by game as far as, all right, well, who's in foul trouble now? You know, Barama might be 25 minutes or Pascal might be 25 minutes. Um, but we thought... They were the perfect recipe. Um, you know, Pascal, seven-footer, blocks everything. Barama, the awkward, maybe more advanced offensive player because of his skill around the basket. But now you're slow. You, you know, you're smaller and faster. Um, you know, so it kind of gave us two different lo- looks as far as lineup. Uh, I remember the 2009-2010 team when you know we always had two different lineups when Renze and then you take him out and you go a little bit smaller and then you know you had Rick Jackson at the five you know so just tweaking of lineups you know sometimes can can change the you know the the tempo or outcome of a game and uh, we just felt with those two different big guys it kind of gave us different looks and stretches and uh, one guy was was awkward the other guy was massive you know so um, we'll see you know I think it's going to be one of those if, if Barama continues to progress and, and stays healthy you know, not now it's the same sort of scenario that we saw last year going in, but now you have two. Is the I hate to say it, but in a lot of ways, it might have been the best thing to happen because Pascal was night and day how much better he got. Night, it's not even in the ballpark. So, you know, now you feel great about 
Pascal, and now you get this guy that you were really, really intrigued about because you thought he had some some really good stuff. Barama, he's healthy, so... Uh, you know, it's an exciting thing for us. I mean this in the best way possible, but not hoping to see too much of Marek at the five. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. He did a great job. You know, he he, he did. You know, that, that that's what was so was so fun about last year's group is everybody could appreciate them. You know, we were undermanned. Um, you know, everyone's like, look how skinny they are. And I remember <laughs> people, look how skinny they are. And, you know, they just continue to fight. You know, I think that's that's a great testament to character. They, those guys, the kids, are, they just fight. You know, they, they play hard. And they were never out of a game. They just continue to battle regardless of, of what the score was. And uh, I love groups like that. I, I, you know, I love the feistiness. Um, the 2016 team was a lot like that. You know, we, we didn't have a great year, but we were never out of a game. No, no team, I can't tell you how many times we came back from double digits to scare the outcome and win a couple of them lose a couple of heartbreakers but then all of a sudden you put it together at the right time because you've been in a lot of those situations and you make a run so um i i love groups that are willing to lay it out there and give you everything that certainly uh that certainly explains the group on the floor last year and conveniently the group that's going to be out there on the yes. floor again this year it's time to take our second time out if you've got questions give us a call 315-437-7644 we're back at tully's after this on espn radio Live from Tully's, this is the Jerry McNamara Show. Back here on ESPN Radio and live at Tully's on Erie Boulevard. We're here until 8 o'clock with Jerry McNamara. The season debut of the Jerry McNamara Show. First exhibition game is on Thursday night inside the Carrier Dome. And the season getting underway two weeks from tonight in the Dome as well. We've got a $25 gift card here at Tully's uh, for the winner of our trivia contest. Let's throw out the question. If you know it, uh, come on up and and tell us. First person to get the question right uh, gets the gift card. Uh, Syracuse team, Syracuse's team last year goes to the Sweet 16. We know that. We know when it ended. Who did SU beat to get to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament? So if you're here in Tully's, you know the answer. Come on over. Uh, let us know, and we've got a, a Tully's gift card for you if you can get that one right. So uh, just head on over to our table up here near the bar. Uh, but, Jerry, I, I do want to get to these exhibition games Thursday night, and they're the College of St. Rose and, and then Lemoyne next week. Um, so obviously a, a difference in competition level. But what do you look to get out of these games as, you know, it's the first time that you guys are on the floor playing somebody else? Well... You know, I think I think when you're talking about a month of practice, you know, it goes back to the analogy that we just said. You know, it's like football. You just want to go out and hit somebody else. Um, I think when you put these guys in a situation where now there's outside, you know, there's fans, you know, there's, there's statistics that people are going to see, you know, you're going to get a different speed. You're going to get their full gear. Um, so for me, what I'm going to take is, all right, well, this is how I would evaluate you if this were an ACC game or, uh, you know, December 8th against Georgetown. Um, how did we defend? How did we execute? Um, you know, when we pressed, did you cover every responsibility? Uh, because if you make this mistake in January in the last minute and a half, it might have a consequence in March. So that's what the early season is for. It's like, can we take everything 
that we worked on, start to implement it, get better, stay focused, and compete for 40 minutes. Now, if we could do those things and do them every night, now you become a complete team. So, um, you know, for us it's exciting because we want to go out and hit somebody else. We want to go out and compete against somebody else. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're big on film. I know Adrian's big on film. Alan's big on film as far as ourselves. You know, Coach will be the first to say we don't watch a ton of film with our players as far as opponents. Where we watch a ton of film with our players is of ourselves. We want to be able to control how we play, what we do, how we defend, uh, how we execute on the offensive end, what situation we're in offensively. So uh, that's the exciting part for me is that Thursday night after the game, I'll be watching Thursday night's game, (laughs) getting it ready to have my guard meeting for Friday morning or Friday afternoon prior to practice. So uh, that's the exciting thing for me is is how can we continue to get better and improve, and, and it starts Thursday night. Is there a feeling that in these games when you go back and you watch them, whether it's in your guard position group or, or as a team, is there a feeling of, yeah, maybe we can get away with lax execution in this game Thursday and still make up for it, but you know January comes and, and you're playing Notre Dame, you're not going to get away with that. That's the point. You know, I think that's the point in these games is, is – uh, yeah, do we anticipate and expect to win? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's how. It's how, how did you win? Did you win by doing what we're asking you to do? Did you win by staying disciplined defensively and getting this steal because, because you covered the position the way that we teach it, because of the way that you're supposed to defend it? So, um, yeah, I think, I, I think that's the point. You know, I think the point is if this is how you're going to play against – you know, so-and-so, and then this exhibition, are you going to play against this so-and-so team in, in January when it's it's on the line? You know, so that that's what it, this, these games are about. Um, I, I don't have that fear with this team. I, you know, I just think that I think that our last two days of practice, I don't think it's a coincidence, have been, in my mind, our best two practices of the year so far. And I think that's because of the anticipation of Thursday night. I I, I don't think that's by accident. I think these guys are excited this week. They want to play. They all really like each other. I think that goes a long way. You know, that's that's, you know, it's kind of you know, people don't talk about that a lot with teams. Is how are they when they're not on the court? These guys are really really close knit. They enjoy being around each other. I think that carries over to practice i think that'll carry over to games i think they genuinely want to have and share in each other's success so uh, i i'm excited for thursday night because i know that they've started to prepare like it's a thursday night in january when you say it's one of the best weeks of practice that that you've had or the best week of practice that you've had you mentioned the excitement level but what else goes into that what are you seeing that that makes a practice you know feel particularly good or or clean do you make an extra extra effort play? Do you make an extra pass? Um, are you talking? Do you communicate? What's your intensity level looking like? Are you aggressive and disciplined in our traps? Um, those are the things. Like I said today, Coach Coach Griff and I were talking. I said, Griff, I, I think our traps, they're, they're not great, but we've been so much more efficient and aggressive in them. You know, we're not, we're not perfect. We're still getting split a couple times. But we've gotten there quicker, and we've been more aggressive. And when you do that, you speed people up. And when you speed people up, higher risk of turnover. So um, 
I don't think, again, I don't think it's by accident. I think it's because the intensity level of practice has been, all right, all right, all right, next pass, boom, I'm on it. Oh, short corner, guess what? Center forward trap. The guard's in position. The weak side forward's rotating over, and then they throw a 50-50 ball on the weak side, and you make a second effort play to run a guy off a line, and the next guy rotates up. So that's the type of, type of stuff that we've seen the last few days, uh, the type of stuff that you would see in a game. The type of stuff you want to see every day from a mental focus standpoint, which um, I think we're I think we're starting to get there. Um, I think the first week was good, second week's good, then the third week is ah, and then now all of a sudden it's you know back to we need to ramp it back up. So uh, that's that's the way I've felt it's gone, uh, and, and you know I'm really really I'm, I'm very happy with how the last two days of practice have been. When you go into Thursday night, and given that it is an exhibition game, is there some tinkering uh, with lineups or groups that might play together uh, just to see how different groups might react? I think so, yeah. I mean, again, that's that's coach. It's for coach, too. You know, it's for us to see these guys on the court. Uh, we've had some time in practice to, to put a few groups together to see how they mesh. Um, Robert Braswell, you know, for instance, I remember the one day watching, he was with Marek. And a five-minute stretch went by, and each of them had, like, three assists. And I just remember thinking, like, man, those two guys play pretty well together because they're both really good passers. They're both, you know, Marek was getting in the paint, showing the ball, dropping it off, or kicking it out. And Robert Braswell's an excellent passer. He's a really good shooter, but he's an excellent passer, too. So, uh, you know, just little things like that. But I think score usually dictates that. You know, obviously, coach likes to <laughs> He likes to see that the game's out of reach to be like, all right, well, you go in for him. You know, <laughs> that's when the best time to tinker around is. Uh, you know, leave the guys that you know are getting the job done out there to put the thing out of reach, and then maybe you could dabble a little bit to what you think. And uh, I think we'll see a little bit of that, I hope. You know, hopefully the game is in that situation where, um, you know, we, we can play a few different lineups. You know, we didn't mention Robert Braswell earlier when we talked about Buddy and Elijah and, and uh, Jalen. What, what kind of a player is he, and, and what kind of a role could you envision him having this year and moving forward? He's a puppy. You know, he's a pup. He's, uh, he's got the length, the athleticism, two-time, you know, high jump champion in, in South Carolina. So you know he's a big-time athlete. But he's got a pure natural stroke. You know, it's, a, it's, it's different, but... You know those you know those guys that have a little bit awkward form but they just bury it you know he's got one of those sort of touches because he's got great feel um, and I think that kind of carries over into how he passes the basketball you know Rob's a little bit to me like Elijah you know he doesn't have the same bruising type body right now he's a little bit more of the longer typical Syracuse guy that we've seen but he's similar to to, to Elijah in the sense where you know he can make plays you know he can make good passes you know he's He's a guy that sees the game and he plays selflessly. You know, Robert Braswell is just a basketball player. Um, you know, Red said the other day, he said, you know, I don't want to give him too much. He's a non-thinker. And, and that's a good thing. He meant it as a compliment. You know, he's a non-thinker. He doesn't overthink things. He has a good feel. You know, he's not thinking about, you know, should I do this or this? He already knows how to do it because he feel. you know, he, he understands. He has a good sense, a good basketball sense. So um, he's a guy we're really excited about. You know, he's kind of a... a an under-the-radar guy. Uh, Griff had, had gotten a phone call about him, went down, saw him, and, and you know, said he's a no-brainer. He was a no-brainer. He's getting recruited, I think, by UMass and Oklahoma State. And, uh, you know, we, we lucked out. We got fortunate. You know, we got him in here, got him on a visit. And uh, we think a guy that's, that's uh, he's going to have a, he's, he, he's, 
he's got a, he's got the potential to have a really really big jump and when that jump happens you're talking about a, a, a pretty dominant force we're talking with Jerry McNamara here. We're here for a couple more minutes at Tully's and on ESPN Radio. we got to take one last time out. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. This is the Jerry McNamara Show. Back here on ESPN Radio and live at Tully's on Erie Boulevard. we got a couple more minutes with you here on the Jerry McNamara Show, the first of the season as the Orange are about to get underway with a couple exhibition games Thursday and then early next week, and then the season opener two weeks from tonight in the Carrier Dome. Now, Jerry, uh, AP polls coming out yesterday, uh, a lot of preseason rankings coming out right around now. Uh, you find your names in, in that poll, in the top 20 um, with the potential of a big top 20 matchup with Oregon waiting down at the Madison Square Garden. How much do you concern yourself or does the coaching staff concern itself with uh, that getting to the players and, and the players having to deal with it? None. None. I mean, we don't even... I don't think we'll address it, ever. Even when we were number one in the country for like three weeks years ago, it was 2014, I think, we were 25-0. and 0. I don't even think we talked about it. <laughs> I don't think Coach even mentioned it. So, you know, we won't talk about it. Um, to be quite honest with you, where I used it, I've used it in recruiting. We, we have seven teams in the top 25 and four other teams in our league, 11 of our teams, seven ranked, four received votes for being, four more received votes for being ranked. So, you know, 11 of our teams could easily be in the top 25 in the country. You know, it's a pretty strong league. So... Um, you know, we don't we don't discuss it much. You know, I think you, you go back to the old Big East when, you know, we won. Uh, uh, we went to the we went to the Final Four, I believe, in the ACC when we were a nine seed in the tournament in yes. 2016. Um, in the old Big East, I believe that Connecticut team with Kemba Walker was a nine seed that won the national championship. Right. So, what that shows you is how strong the leagues are. Connecticut finished ninth in that Big East and won a national championship. Um, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good league. So um, that's the way the league is. It's as difficult as it's ever been. Um, and, and you know you you want to be a, you want to be a part of that. You know. We only have a, a little bit longer here, but what do you look forward to? You mentioned that. Are, are there are there moments that you look forward to with that conference schedule? Yeah, obviously. Um, Obviously, the Duke game is obvious. You know, it's usually a big draw, um, but I think it's it, it, it somewhat plays out. I think depending on where you are in the league, um, how it pans out as far as how important the game is. Um, you know, we feel like we're as equipped as we've been in years to compete for an ACC championship, and that's what we're hoping to do. The first episode of the Jerry McNamara Show for the season in the books. We will be here Tuesday nights at Tully's on Erie Boulevard and with you on ESPN Radio Syracuse from 7 to 8 o'clock. Later on in the season, we'll be having the Alan Griffin Show coming up right after us, so you'll be able to listen to two hours of SU Basketball Talk on Tuesday nights. Jerry, thanks for coming by. Looking forward to the rest of the year. Thanks to Tommy back in studio and Tim here at Tully's. We'll talk to you next time on the Jerry McNamara Show.